What's going on? What's going on, y'all? What's going on? You know what this is. Another episode of The Velvet Rope. Episode 7. Episode 7 of Season 2. How about that, y'all? Oh, my gosh. Oh, give me a minute. I have to readjust this mic here because... Oh, there we go. All right. You know, got to make sure y'all hear me okay. Forgive my voice. Went out and partied last night. As you guys are aware, you know, last night, October 11th, was National Coming Out Day. And for me, I have officially been out um, 13 years. I have officially been out proud member of the community, you know, the LGBT community before it was called LGBTQIACLMNOP. I was part of the originators. Okay. So I am an out proud mixed gay man. Okay. And I love myself. I have friends and family who love me for being me who enjoy me being me and just being my exuberant, over-the-top, zaniness self. But I also provide love and comfort and advice and wisdom when I can. So before we get into the main topic, um, I want to give you guys a little backstory. People on Facebook Live already know the backstory of this episode. So I was watching an interview on YouTube of Charlemagne interviewing the four female women of the hit TV show Girlfriends. And we all know Girlfriends. You know, if you're black, you knew you definitely knew Girlfriends. If you're Latina, Latino, you knew Girlfriends. You know, if you're white, you may have known Girlfriends. Because I only say that because the show was a big hit in the urban market for its time when it was on UPN, you know, from 2009 to, I believe it was on for like eight years. So I'm bad with math. So y'all figure out the math, (laughs) how long it was on. But that show was a huge mark and staple in the urban community. Basically like what Sex and the City did for the white girls, girlfriends did that for the black people, basically. And um I am a huge huge fan of girlfriends. I have the entire series on DVD. I've seen the episodes many many times. And when I was watching it, it was amazing to see how beautiful these women still look. Like I've been to a taping of it and they are gorgeous in person. They're super sweet and so nice. They are so nice to the point where they will answer to their character names and their real names. And they just love their fans. They love it. And Jill was saying, you know, they had no idea it was going to be a big hit. They didn't know what to expect. They just wanted to get a wanted to get a job like most of us, you know. And when you're in Hollywood, you want to you want to land a role that will hopefully take your career off. And for them, it really did take their careers off. So as I was watching it, you know, they talked about how they really wanted closure for the episode, how they felt bad for us, the fans that did not get closure. They didn't do a proper ending, a proper send off. So 
that I truly, truly love that about the cast that they felt, you know, the fans didn't get what they wanted. We needed a proper series finale. So while watching it, I said, you know what? That's going to be my next episode. The dynamics of a female lead cast and how it can revolutionize television and normal lives of people. It really does. Because when you watch a lot of shows, because now we're getting into it, the dynamics of an all-female lead cast. When you watch a show like Girlfriends, Golden Girls, Designing Women, Sex in the City, you not only latch on to these characters, but you feel like you are being represented on TV. You see yourself on TV, which is good, which is amazing, which is what, you know, they want. You know, these people who are expressing themselves through the characters, that's what we want to see. We want to see, you know, someone like... um Samantha Jones, because there is a Samantha Jones out there who is not so much a sex crazed fiend, but just someone who enjoys sex and enjoys, you know, being a slut, but not being ostracized about it from her friends. Because, I mean, when you think about it, if a man goes out and, you know, Fucks this woman, fucks that woman, fucks this woman. He ain't a slut. He ain't a hoe. He's a player. He's like, oh, his friend's like, oh, yeah, player. Yeah, you got that pussy. Oh, yeah, you fucked that bitch. Oh, man, I bet you beat that pussy up. A woman does it. It's like, oh, she's such a slut. She's a whore. She needs to keep her legs closed. And that's so stupid. So I'm so glad that there are shows like, you know, like I said, Living Single, Girlfriends, Golden Girls, you know, and Designing Women in Sex and the City. But let's take it back. I'm going to start you guys in the beginning. So, when the Golden Girls came out, you had four elderly, active women who had active sex lives. Okay. You had Dorothy, who was, you know... The one woman who chooses to like wait for the man, wait for that special guy, but at the same time being hurt by her ex-husband of being married to him for 38 years and he cheated on her in the last few years and all the struggles they went through. Yeah, you would be a little reserved. Then you've got Rose, who was a little bit slow, who kind of, how do I want to say it, like naive, childlike. And who really took heed to anything you say. Like she really almost believed it. And you had Blanche. Who was, you know, what Samantha Jones was later on in Sex and the City. Mind you, Blanche had been married and her husband had died. She was faithful to her husband. But after that, baby, she let loose. She let loose like <laughs> if that honey, if that woman wanted to get a man, she can get a man like that. She could just spit and a man would come to her. Then you had the glue, the one that hold the girls together. Sophia Petrillo, Miss Picture It, Sicily, 19, whatever. That little old lady, baby, 
that old third world charm, wisdom, said what she meant, meant what she said, and said how she felt, didn't give a shit, and had some of the best one-liners on that show. Ugh. And on that show, you see the girls, they go through stuff, they've gone through heartache, they've gone through relationships on a on a daily basis, but they also, you know, become closer together with one another. It's like Sophia not only had one daughter, but she had two daughters, you know, they treated each other like sisters, pretty much like family. They've learned to love each other. They grow from each other. And that's one of the best things about Golden Girls at the time was, you know, seeing a show like that in the 80s, seeing four strong women who can um, have vital, active lives, even in their 50s and 60s, you know, dipping and doing it. You know what I mean? And there are many, many classic episodes, many, many classic moments. And they even touched on the big topics, you know, HIV, um, uh, addiction, you know, Rose was addicted, addicted to um, pain meds, you know, and then Rose had to have a blood test where they thought she might have had HIV antibodies in her blood transfusion. And then there was at one point where Blanche's daughter was being verbally abused and mentally abused by her boyfriend and then um, dealing with, you know, your child wanted to become a single parent and going through. Um, in vitro, you know, being artificially inseminated and then having to deal with, you know, the possibility of a loved one dying. You know, Sophia had um, a heart scare and even Rose, she had to have a triple bypass surgery. You know, so there's scary moments like that where it makes you feel like, oh, my God, is she going to make it? Are they going to you know, what's going to happen if she dies? Like, how are they going to go on? And through it all, you know, the. The show lasted seven years, so it's like each year is a season. So it lasted for seven seasons. And the reason why it ended the way it did, and it was a fantastic show. Like it seemed like it could go on for like 20 seasons. Um, B. Arthur, who played Dorothy's Bornack, she decided, you know, seven years, okay. I'm done. I'm done playing this character. I'm ready to move on to the next phase of my life, which is so understandable. Very understandable. So they ended it, you know, like most shows on a very happy ending, but a sad ending as well. When I first saw the ending, I cried because I'd never really seen the show in full. You know, I seen episodes here and there. And when I started collecting the DVDs the day before, um, no. I had finished season six, and then the next day I was going to start on the final season. Excuse my nose. Um, <clears throat> and when I woke up, it was my day off. I woke up, and I turned on the TV. And I can't remember if I turned to CNN or it was just on CNN. And it had said, Rue McCallahan, who played Blanche Devereaux, it said, Rue McCallahan has passed away. And I was just so heartbroken because I love Blanche was my Blanche is my favorite. Blanche is my favorite character. I something about Blanche. She was she was stylish. She was sassy. And she said that one line that just made me fall in love with the Golden Girls. If people who watch the Golden Girls religiously like I do, like you'll watch the reruns on TV. Dorothy had went to work with Blanche at her job and um 
Blanche's boss wanted to throw a surprise banquet for Blanche, but didn't want Blanche to know. So Dorothy had to be real secretive and Blanche was getting fed up because she was like, what is that you're hiding? Why are you hiding this? What are you doing this? So they got into a big argument and Blanche stormed out of the job talking about, well, you can have this job, Missy, because I quit. And they got home. Dorothy's talking to her mom. They're playing cards. And Sophia's like, well, why don't you just tell Blanche? It's her banquet. And Dorothy was like, I can't. I'm sworn to secrecy. And Blanche walks in, slams the door. And Dorothy's real nice. She said, hi, Blanche. Baby, the first words out of Blanche's mouth. She put her keys in her purse. She said, eat dirt and die, trash. That did it for me. That did it for me. I was like, bitch. I love this show. <laughs> I'm like, that is a line I could tell somebody I don't like. Even at my job, if I don't like them, I just say, eat dirt and die trash. <laughs> love it. Love it. So they ended it with a very high note, but it was a very somber. It was bittersweet. You know, the best way to explain it. It was a bittersweet moment. Dorothy got married. She finally got married. And ironically, it was to Blanche's uncle. So Dorothy became Blanche's aunt. And at first, it was a practical joke. But Blanche's uncle, <clears throat> he really was falling for Dorothy. He really was falling in love with her so fast, you know, in the span of a few months. And so... He was saying, you know, Dorothy, will you marry me? And she was like, for real? He's like, for real. And Blanche is like, what in the hell is going on here? What, what is this? What, what, what am I supposed to say to this? And Dorothy said, whatever you say, make sure you start with Aunt Dorothy. Okay. So Dorothy got married. Beautiful wedding. Um. She eventually moved to Atlanta in that final, final, like five minutes of that final episode was Dorothy and the girls. And she just said, you're angels. All of you. She walks out the door, closes the door, and the girls are standing there like, Wow, this is it. And they start crying. I'm getting a little teary. I just think about it because it's such a powerful moment. And then we see Dorothy come back through the door, through the front door. And she's screaming and they're crying and they're hugging. And they're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, just relishing in this moment because knowing this is the last time. And what made it so powerful was it was not only the last time the girls were going to see each other as the characters, but this is the last time we'll see them together on screen as a whole. And so, you know, Dorothy left again. She said, you know, we have a flight. We have a flight to catch. And she said, you'll always be my sisters. Always. Walks out the door. Then she comes back through the lanai the patio door <laughs> come out through there just screaming crying they doing it again you know because again it's the last time they don't want this moment to end so she said again she's like oh we have a flight we have to go we have to go and rose was saying dorothy is this goodbye and dorothy's crying and she just nodded her head yes walks out the door Blanche and Rose and Sophia, they're looking around like, is she going to come out again? 
where she's going to come through this time. She's going to come through the kitchen. Is she going to come through the bedroom door? And then the music starts playing and they realize this is it. That's it. And so Rose, Blanche, Sophia, they do a group hug and they just hug each other and they hold each other. And the music ends. And that was the end of the Golden Girls. And it was so special. Every single time I see it, I get a little misty-eyed because, again, the episode is so powerful, such a loving moment, you know, that final moment. And, yes, we know, you know, true diehard Golden Girlfriend, Golden Girl, Golden Girls fans, I'm tongue-tied, we know, you know, it had a spinoff, The Golden Palace, which only lasted one season. And I watched it. It was cute, but it just did not have that, that oomph. That the Golden Girls had that magic. But I'm going to take a break. I'm going to insert another song. Um, the Girlfriends theme song. Because we're going to talk about that next. Along with Living Single. So grab a snack. Come on back. And tune in for part two of this episode. <laughs> in the same episode and we're on facebook live so my facebook people you know i'll give y'all a little snippet of that theme song for you listening you're gonna hear it in just a second Yes, yes, yes. All right. So y'all heard that. That was a girlfriend's theme song. One of my favorite shows, you know, pretty much the main topic of this show. So we're going to jump right back into it. All right. So fast forward from 1992, I believe is when Golden Girls ended. Fast forward 2003. 2003 is when Girlfriends came on. It just hit me. 2003. Um... Or was it 2001? I can't remember, y'all. I'm bad with numbers. If y'all remember when Golden Girls came on, you know what? Damn it. I'm going fi to find out. I'm going to find out for y'all because I really want to get this right and I want to get my numbers right. So we're going to find out. Okay. And if y'all know when it come on, put it in the comments. Put it in the comments right now. Put it in the comments. Okay. 2000. There we go. September 11th, 2000, a year before 9-11. So, Girlfriends premiered on UPN September 11, 2000, lasted till 2008, eight years. So, so much, so much to say about this show. So much to say. And you know what? I'm going to see if I can get someone on camera. So they can, you know, talk about it. Um, oh, they don't want to come on camera. We're going to find somebody else. Oh, they don't want to come on camera. Oh, they don't want to come on camera. Oh, they don't want to come on camera. 
Well, you know what? We'll keep going. So, it was a good, good show. A great show. It talked about everything from race, interracial relationships, weaves, because as black women, black women know, the one thing they don't play with is their hair. Okay? They don't play about that hair, baby. So... It covered a wide range of topics and it um, it spoke volumes to people and it was very relatable for a lot of people, which made it extra special. Because, again, like I said in the beginning of the show, at the top of the show, the four women played four different characters where people can relate to each individual ones, whether it's they see themselves on the show they see someone that's like their aunt, someone that's like their mom, their sister, their cousin, their best friend. You can relate to it. And I personally, like people would ask me, you know, a lot, you know, what are your, who are your, what's your favorite character? Who's your favorite character in the show? I said, for me, it was two. It was Maya and Lynn because Maya, I love her around the way girl attitude and how sassy she is. And Lynn, because she's such a free spirit and free loving and just she just goes with the flow. And like Golden Girls, that show had so many good moments. So many. Excuse me, y'all. So many funny moments. Quite a few cringeworthy moments like, oh, wow, that was deep. You know, the one episode that sticks out to me is they call it the church episode. It is when it's a Halloween episode where Tony and Joan are still not speaking. Tony is still really believing in her mind that their relationship is still intact. And Joan is finally pissed off and fed up with her where she's not speaking to her. And so they go to church and Donnie McClurkin is on. He's the pastor and he's singing, you know, one of my favorite gospel songs, We Fall Down, you know, we fall down, but we get up. Y'all know that good song. So he's preaching, you know, basically telling people in so many words, you know, a just man will fall down seven times before getting back up and finally doing right. And it was a way for people to come up and you know, come up to the pulpit and, you know, give their testimony or just, you know, you go to the altar just to be blessed. And Tony went up there and the girls are watching and they're just, you know, start crying and amazed, you know, because Tony is in a way admitting to all the wrong she's done to Joan and how she made Joan feel. And then Joan starts crying and she walks up there with her and holds her hand and they're just standing there crying And you see in the background, Lynn and Maya sitting there crying because they're, you know, just thankful that their friend, their friendship is mended. It's the the dynamic of the four girls are coming back together. That was a good episode. Another good one was um, when Lynn's uh, adopted sister, because Lynn was adopted. So her adopt her her sister um, came into town 
and she was acting black. I mean, acting. Y'all remember this episode? She was acting black to the point where she she came in with the head wrap on her hair like Erica Badu, talking black. You know, her name was um. Oh Jesus, what was her name? I can't think of her name. I know her other name. Her other sister I was supposed to come was Hillary. Um, I can't think of Lynn's name, Lynn's sister's name, but she was saying, um, she said, she's just really, she's like, really what? She's like really comfortable around black people. <clears throat> and the first words out of my mouth, they, they, you know, they introduce themselves. She's like, what's up? And she's telling Joan, oh, Joan, sugar, I need some music. Brothers like a butt, but they don't like a butt too big, right? And it's like, girl, you a white girl. What the fuck you talking about? Like, girl, your butt is normally, white girl booties are small. Unless you Kim Kardashian or Amber Rose. <clears throat> and um, and she and so Joan, Tony was fed up. She said, I forget the girl's name. I want to know her name. I need to find out her name because this is like, you know, important to the conversation. She's like, you're a sister. Er, not an ah. Uh. Ah, you know, ah, sister, S-I-S-T-H, T-A-H. And, um, and it was just so funny. And homegirl clapped back at Tony, said, you not all that black with that white hair stitched up in your head. You know, you know, talking about a weave. And I was like, ooh, no, she didn't. I was like, wow. <laughs> and um it was just so crazy. I need to find her name though. I need to find her name. Hang on, hang on. I'm gonna find it. I need to find this, y'all, because I'm sorry, y'all know I go off the rail. Y'all know how I do. You know, I will copy the character's name and Google it. You know what I mean? Lynn and Searcy. Uh, let me see. Lynn and Searcy sister's name. Oh gosh, they're not telling me her name, y'all. Let's see. Do do do. Oh, what was Tanya? That was her name, Tanya. The girl had a someone of a black girl name. <laughs> so. That was just her name, Tanya. And that episode was really big because Tanya was at Maya Cousins' uh, hair salon. Ronnie, her cousin, Maya's cousin. And they were, the Jay-Z song came on. H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo, that's the anthem, get your damn hands up. And they were doing the song and Tanya had said the line, you know, a nigga with a roaster. And honey, the music stopped. All them black people looked at her. And Lynn was like, girl, you cannot say that word. You can't speak it. You can't think it. All the thing that you can do is just ignore it. And Tanya's trying to plead her case saying, you know, what's the problem? You know, I didn't call nobody a nigger. I said nigger. And Lynn was like, just stop. You can't say either one because you are not black. And it's like even most black people, you know, sometimes I don't really like using that word depending on the context it's in. But... Again, white people, y'all can't even say that word. You know, sometimes I don't like when Latin people say that word because it's like, hold up now. Uh-uh. No. And, um, you know, it was a really powerful episode. And the other 
great the other great thing about that show pretty much is just like i said it's the dynamics of the four women and how they go through relationships they you know they go through friendships but it gives people a peek inside the world of the black female community and what they go through and how they navigate through lives but in their own way a lot each individual woman on that show was successful in their own way. Joan was a successful lawyer who became a restaurant owner entrepreneur. Maya, who was an executive's assistant, who didn't get to co- who didn't go to college because she had a, a child at a young age in high school. Who she managed to graduate high school, but she never went to college. She went to college at the age of like thirty something, and became a best selling authoress. Tony, a real estate agent who was very successful, who became her own boss selling real estate, who manages to wind up marrying a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon and then moving to New York to mend her marriage after having his child. Lynn, who was on the path of becoming a successful documentary maker who had five degrees. Yeah, she still don't use them and started finding her passion in music. And became, you know, started to become a successful singer and songwriter. And then you have like the fifth girlfriend who was William, who was all the girls' best friend, who was so whitewashed, you know, trying to fit in corporate America. He was a Republican. He sounded white when he talked and got with a powerful black woman in her own right, Miss Monica Charles Brooks Dent. And in the beginning, you don't really like her because she's such an evil bitch. And her plot is just to marry William. And almost like it seems like she's trying to marry him for his money because he became a senior partner. But she actually turns out to be a very sweet woman, a very nice woman. And then you see her backstory with her parents. She was a trust fund baby and they cut her off thanks to her evil ass mama. And she was the only one on that show who can make... William just like clap back down, especially when she would say Negro to him. Like he would try to say something about his restaurant that he was a private investor, a silent partner with Jones. So he kind of owned, you know, her restaurant as well with her. And he told Monica something. And Monica was like, Negro, you can't run this restaurant without me. I was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> so that's how this episode came about. Watching that episode of them being interviewed and just hopefully, y'all, we need to cross our fingers that we will get a girlfriend's movie, um, something so we can have closure on this show, you know, and even with living single, because I, you know, I want to talk about li- it was in my head, like you can talk about living single, too. You can't talk about girlfriends without talking about living single. Even living single at the time from 93 to 98 was such a powerful show in itself. That ran for five years. And we get to see Queen Latifah, uh, Kim Fields, um, John Hinton, Erica Alexander, T.C. Carson, and um, Kim Coles, you know, black people. And that show, it was more, it wasn't just about. You know, Khadijah, Regine, Sinclair, and Max. It also included Overton and Kyle. You know, they 
they help the dynamic of the show as well, which is rare when you have an all female lead and then you have two additional main cast members who happen to be male, but they fit in that soup of magic and comedic timing. Because like on Living Single, the big one of the biggest things we saw was Max and Kyle always going back and forth with each other. Like they had a term. It was called sniping. They would always crack jokes on each other. And it was funny as hell because Max was this, you know, successful lawyer who was like an ice queen. And she always says, you know, it's prevenge, getting to them before they get to you when it comes to men. And Regine, who was just a diva in her own mind, honey, a boutique shopper who landed an assistant uh, on a soap opera who, in her mind, she is this grand diva, you know, famous for her fashion sense and everything like, oh, geez, but a big old gossip queen. And Sinclair, who was just naive, very sweet, you know, just so cute and just want to be helping everyone, you know, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> and... Khadijah, who was, you know, the strong, powerful black woman on the move who had a her own magazine and yet was still struggling a little bit. But, you know, that was her dream. And she was making it hard to keep it afloat. And within the show, you know, we see Sinclair and Overton in the beginning. You can tell they were destined to be together. They end up getting married and moving out of the brownstone into their own brownstone, into their own apartment in the brownstone. And then. Max and Kyle forever going back and forth with their relationship. Like, okay, are they going to get together? Or are they not? Because they done had sex so many times. They became sex, just friends with benefits and trying to keep it on the low. But everyone knew except Regine. And she didn't find out until Sinclair and Overton's wedding. Because Max said, well, here's something that'll make you feel better. Kyle and I have been seeing each other for months. But it's over now. And you missed every freaky sneaky detail. And it's like when you watch that show, you would think it could be on HBO because the way they like say with certain words to replace curse words. So instead of them saying, you know, oh, you fucked him, girl, they would say you did the freaky sneaky. And the way Max would say it was like, did you do a little freaky sneaky, you know, <laughs> and like Sinclair and Overton, they were trying to figure out when was the right time for them to have sex. And Max is like. So you want to sing in the key of life with Overton. And there's nothing wrong with it. And Sinclair was like, well, what's the joy in doing it once? And Max is like, doing it again, you know. And again, they experience highs and lows because their relationship was so cute and cuddly. They call each other all these pet names. And their relationship hit a roadblock a few times where Sinclair had um, got kissed by um, a guy in her art class who happened to play Shamar Moore. And she didn't know. She asked the girls if she should tell Overton. And they all said no. Even Khadijah. She was like, I say, keep your damn mouth shut. And of course, Regine and her gold digging way and you're so close to getting a give and even max was like i would have i wouldn't say anything you know i i wouldn't have made him leave i would have given him a sponge bath first but that's just me you know <laughs> just funny shit like that like bitch what you gonna do what oh my god but again that show ended on a good high note you know it wasn't the fact that any of the characters wanted to stop you know eventually regime moved out and for the last 
you know, in season, I think three, she moved out and got married to her dream guy and then entered in Russell's friend who worked with Khadijah, Russell's friend, Trip, better known. As, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Regine didn't move out till after Trip moved in. Sinclair had moved out. And then Regine got married towards the end of the last season, I think, or yeah, the middle of the last season, season five. Um, but the funny thing is when Sinclair moved out and they got a male roommate, you know, Regine was not having it. And she said, first of all, what kind of name is Trip? And he's like, it's short for triple. You know, my real name is Ira Lee Williams III. Triple trip. She's like, how very country. Tell you what, for now, we'll just go with Ira. <laughs> she said it just like that. She go with Ira. <laughs> and then even Khadijah had her relationship with her best friend, her childhood best friend, Scooter, who played by was Press Williams, who's Black Lightning now. And that man is still sexy. Oh, he can still get a child. And, like, he proposed to Khadijah. They were supposed to get married, but they decided not to. But they end up being together by the end of the season, end of the series. And even at one point, his job, he was a music executive, and he was a manager of this group called Jasmine. And they had to go on tour for six months. And every single time Khadijah would try to catch him on the phone, she would miss him. And even this one time she came in, and Regine's on the phone with him. And Khadijah walked in right when they hung up. She said, was that Scooter? She said, mm. You just missed him, girl. She said, did he sound real cute? Like he missed me? Did he sound like, she's like, oh yeah, he did. Did it sound like he was wearing those tight black jeans? And she said, and no draws. <laughs> it was like, girl, please, you, ooh, Jesus. But again, shows like that, Golden Girls, Living Single, Designing Women, Girlfriends, Sex in the City, you... It's a rare gem in television history when you get a show like that and you see the dynamics of this show and the how powerful it is, influential. Y'all like how I use that word, huh? Influential in daily life and how for those short 30 minutes, you forget your problems and you are engulfed in this show and you become attached to these characters you latch on to them. And again, and you know, that goes with any show too. You know, whether it's Game of Thrones, The Sopranos, um, The Mass Singer, competition shows too. You get latched on to these people because you want to see them win. You want to be there for them when they're at their lowest. You want to comfort them. And in some ways, they comfort you. So... If you have not seen any of these shows, and I know, I know damn well all y'all have seen one of these shows at some point in your life, and some of you like me, we still watch this show like we've never seen it before, okay? We need more shows like this. We need more, not to sound racist, I'm not. I love Golden Girls, but we need more black shows too. We need, I would love to see a show like Girlfriends with an all-female Latina cast or just a mixed diversity of black white latin asian you know native american indian middle eastern it don't matter as long as it's funny and they and they are being themselves you know 
and they're not too overly ghetto, you know, I'm down for it. I'm down. Like, we've even had um, an all-male gay show before, you know, well, two, Queer as Folk for the white folks and Noah's Ark for us black folks. And I wish Noah's Ark would have kept going, even though that movie wasn't all that great. It didn't really give us much closure. But still, it was a good show. It was groundbreaking. That's the thing. We need more groundbreaking shows. We need more groundbreaking television, whether it's like a sitcom or a drama. We need more groundbreaking shows of our people that represent us on television. So with that, I'm going to leave you guys with the original theme song to live in single it's an extended instrumental version i hope you guys love it i love it and it's actually gonna go on my daily rotation of music too so peace love all that jazz thank you for playing with me and we have about one more episode of this month uh because you know guys know at the end of the month i don't do an episode i take a break So next week will be the final episode of this month, which will be episode eight. Um, I don't know what it is yet. You know, I, these episodes, they come to me out of the blue. So always remember, love yourself, love your sister, love your brother, love your mother, love your father. And you have to learn to water your spiritual garden and you can't go into your future without knowing your past. All right. So I love you for listening. I love you for watching. Thank you for coming to play with me. Hope you enjoyed this episode. All right. And come back next week for another episode. Y'all know how I do. All right. I love you. Bye.